Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. We begin in Shasta County, where a fourth person is confirmed dead in the Zog Fire burning southwest of Redding. The Shasta County Sheriff's Office said a civilian who evacuated a few days ago died at UC Davis Medical Center with severe burns. The Zog Fire has now burned more than 55,000 acres. In Napa and Sonoma counties, the Glass Fire has scorched more than 51,000 acres and is just 2% contained. It's destroyed almost 150 homes so far. Several counties in the Bay Area and on the North Coast have red flag warnings in effect, indicating severe fire danger. Cal Fire is reporting a close call for two crew members who were forced to deploy emergency shelters during the glass fire. KQED's Dan Brecky reports. The firefighting agency says the incident occurred Sunday night as gusty northeasterly winds created chaotic conditions on the fire, burning on both sides of the town of St. Helena and toward Santa Rosa. Cal Fire says a pair of firefighters faced what it's calling intense fire conditions that forced them to deploy their shelters. The miniature aluminized tents have become standard survival gear for wildland firefighters. They reflect heat and create a pocket of breathable air. Cal Fire says the two firefighters trapped in the incident were uninjured, though crew vehicles were damaged. For the California Report, I'm Dan Brecky. Turning to state politics, Governor Gavin Newsom made the final call on a slew of bills that lawmakers passed in the legislative session that just ended. Among the bills he signed Wednesday are several tied to racial justice and police reform. KQED's Katie Orr has more. Newsom signed legislation that will create a task force to study what slavery reparations might look like for black Californians. Democratic Assemblywoman Shirley Weber authored the legislation. She says this bill is more than a reaction to the ongoing national discussions on social justice. We're responding to the history of California and the life of black people in California and in this nation that has to be addressed every day. Another measure will require California-based corporations to have more racially diverse boards. On police reform, Newsom signed a bill prohibiting police from using chokeholds or carotid artery restraints. Democratic Assemblyman Mike Gibson authored the legislation. This bill is in response to the murder, to the execution of George Floyd by the people who took a local office to serve and protect their community. Newsom also signed a bill that will require the attorney general's office to investigate police shootings that result in the death of an unarmed civilian. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento.
In Oakland, a federal court has blocked a plan from the Trump administration to charge immigrants a lot more money to apply for U.S. citizenship, green cards, and other benefits. KQED's Farida Javala Romero has that story. U.S. District Judge Jeffrey White ruled that immigrant service organizations that sued are likely to succeed on their claim that the new fee rule is arbitrary and capricious. White also ordered U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services to keep in place fee waivers for low-income immigrants until the case is decided. Melissa Rogers is with the Immigrant Legal Resource Center in San Francisco, the lead plaintiff in the case. She says the judge has just stopped the government from imposing a wealth test. Otherwise, this Friday, millions of low-income immigrants, naturalization applicants, and asylum seekers would have been prevented from seeking the benefits to which they're entitled because they wouldn't have been able to afford them. Under the new rule, applying for American citizenship would cost about $1,200, nearly double the current fee. And for the first time ever, people seeking asylum would be charged $50 to apply for the protections and $550 for a first-time work permit. A USCIS spokesperson says the agency is reviewing the court order and has no further comment. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. This year, California voters have a shot at overturning one of the most notorious propositions of recent decades. Well, part of it, anyways. Proposition 15 on the November ballot would increase property taxes on corporations, undoing a key component of Prop 13. That 1978 landmark ballot measure was sold to voters as a way of helping homeowners. But critics say it's dealt a big blow to state school funding and was a boon to companies. KQED Politics Editor Scott Schaefer takes a look at why commercial property was even included in the first place. In 1978, inflation was running high, and it was driving up property taxes paid by California homeowners. And a political gadfly in Southern California was on it. We have a new revolution against the arrogant politicians and insensitive bureaucrats. Howard Jarvis collected enough signatures that year to place a massive property tax cut on the ballot, Proposition 13. On KQED TV that year, he framed Prop 13 this way. The people that are being hurt are the elderly people on limited incomes who have spent all their life earning a home, and the state is kicking them out in droves. And this is what this is about. But in that same KQED appearance, San Francisco Assemblyman Leo McCarthy noted that corporations were also going to get huge tax breaks under the Jarvis measure. 
Let me give you an example of some of the business uh, cuts that would result. Pacific Telephone would have a $130 million cut. Standard Oil, $13 million. Southern Pacific, $12 million. They didn't ask for the cuts, but Mr. Jarvis is kind enough to give them to them. Prop 13 did not distinguish between residential and commercial property. But Joel Fox, who worked for Howard Jarvis, said California had always treated commercial and residential property the same way. So in writing an amendment, to the Constitution on property taxes. It was just simple to maintain what was already in the Constitution. In fact, business groups opposed Prop 13 and gave money to defeat it. But since it passed, residential and commercial property taxes have only gone up more than 2% when a property was sold. But how selling a property was legally defined was left to the legislature. Enter San Francisco Democrat Willie Brown. I wrote the implementation process after it had been passed by the voters. As chairman of the Assembly Revenue and Tax Committee, Brown wrote the law defining exactly when a commercial property would be reassessed. He says now they blew it. We should have said any time there is a change in the ownership of the property through any means, that constitutes a transfer for reassessment purposes. Under the legislature's rules, a commercial property was only reassessed when 50% or more of the property legally changed hands. And big corporations have benefited ever since. Prop 15 on the November ballot would close that corporate loophole, reassessing commercial property and basing the taxes on current market value, not what it costs to buy it. Business groups oppose Prop 15, saying that raising taxes in the middle of a recession is a bad idea. But Manuel Pastor, director of the USC Program for Environmental and Regional Equity, notes that things have changed in California since Prop 13 passed, slashing funds for public schools and services. The question is, are we the California that passed Prop 13? Are we the California that wants to reevaluate that and think about investments in young people? If Prop 15 passes, many will say it's the end of an era that ushered in a California tax revolt. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer. And that is the California Report for this Thursday, October 1st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. One more reminder about the potential for rolling blackouts today because of the extreme heat that's expected. The state grid operator saying 3 to 10 p.m. are the hours to conserve. Tips on how to do that are on my Twitter page. I'm at Lily Jamali. Be well and stay cool today. Support for the California Report comes from Two Chairs, offering evidence-based therapy throughout California by matching individuals with one of their licensed therapists for virtual sessions. Learn more at twochairs.com. The California Healthcare Foundation, acknowledging the vital work of local public health departments to keep Californians safe during the pandemic on the web at chcf.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. 
That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast.